This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of Now and Not Yet. Pressing in when you're waiting, wanting, and restless for more. Written and narrated by best-selling author Ruth Cho Simons and is available everywhere audiobooks are sold. Welcome to the Grace Enough Podcast. I am your host, Amber Cullum. This week, I sit down with Christian mindset coach, Alicia Michelle. We discuss the how behind renewing your mind. Alicia shares the medical crisis that nearly took her life and how that experience led her to get serious about taking every thought captive. Like most of us, she knew God's Word had a lot to say about our thought life, but she didn't know how to day in and day out renew her mind. As she learned about neuroscience and how it fits hand in hand with God's Word, she began to understand the work she needed to put in to take her thoughts captive and renew her mind. And so today we are going to talk all about her experience and the way that she walks alongside women today to help them begin a similar process. Welcome, Alicia, to the Grace Enough podcast. Yay. Thank you so much for having me today. I've been looking forward to our conversation. We've had to reschedule it several times. So this is going to be extra good, right? (laughs) So funny, right? (laughs) I just was talking to, I can't remember my husband or something else this morning. And I said, you know, there's these certain people that you interview and you're just so glad that you know them uh, because things happen and you can just say, hey, let's reschedule for next week or let's do this or let's do that. (laughs) And then there's other people when that happens and you've gone through like, third parties and all of this. And it's like, no, we can't have anything bad happen. So this is great. Yes. Flexibility. It's all about flexibility. No worries. That's right. Well, introduce yourself, your family, and tell everybody a little bit about what you do on a day-to-day basis. I am Alicia Michelle. I am a Christian mindset coach, helping Christian women learn the how behind renewing their minds, specifically using brain science and biblical truth to do that. Cause I feel like there's this huge disconnect in the church between we're told the power of our minds and, and it's important to know about our thoughts and things like that, but there's this chasm of like, well, what does that look like? How do we do that? So I love to help women through one-on-one coaching and specifically through my coaching program called the Christian Mindset Makeover. And so I love doing that. And I also have a podcast myself called the Christian Mindset Coach. We're changing our name. It used to be the Vibrant Christian Living Podcast. And then in terms of personal life, I have been married to my amazing husband for 21 years, almost will be 21 years in March. We have four kids, 19, 17, 14, and 10. So we're in that, uh, teen year <laughs> phase, which is, you know, ups and downs, goods and bads. It's like it's, every it's phase, different. right? It is. Right. Yeah. It's, it's just a unique phase. So we, we live in Southern California in uh, North San Diego County and love it. Have you always been in San Diego? We have been here for 21 years. We moved. Okay. I lived, I grew up in in um, Los Angeles and then went away to school in Missouri for like five years and lived there for a couple of years after graduation and then came back to California kicking and screaming. It was not my choice. God brought me back. And then <laughs> I ended up meeting my husband here and 
in my hometown of all places, which it's like, wow, we, we both somehow just never had met each other. And well, I mean, I kind of know why I was not a Christian growing up. And then I had started going to a church and he'd been a Christian his whole life. So we kind of had different circles of, of right. so to speak. But anyway, we and it is up- like LA. It's not like the town where I grew up, where no. literally your parents <laughs> knew your parents, knew your parents, knew your parents. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's, it's north of LA. So yeah, we definitely, it was, it was not a small town, but, um, we ended up the first job that I got after we got married was in San Diego. So I moved down there a month before we got married and rest is history. We live here now. It's so awesome. We, we love living here. Um, God had us here. We were thinking we were going to be moving out of state because a lot of our family has moved out of state and that's kind of oh. a trend in California, if you haven't heard, but, uh, we're oh, here. Yeah, they're now. all coming to Raleigh. <laughs> yeah, I know North Carolina and Texas and Arizona and Tennessee. And Nashville. <laughs> yes. Yes. We're all leaving. So yeah, but God has, has us here and we're, we're stoked to be here. Well, so you said you didn't grow up as a Christian. Tell me a little bit about your faith journey. When did you come to know Christ and just kind of what your faith walk has looked like? Yeah, I grew up in a home where there was a lot of moralism. Like, um, my parents were, are great people, no right from wrong, things like that. But my father had grown up in a faith background where he felt like it was always put upon him and Mm. forced on him. And so he felt like there was a lot of just that kind of a feeling of, I have to do this and, and, and false religion, sort of speak put on him. And so he had told us from very young age, like, we want you to believe what is good for you and things like that. And so ironically, I ended up asking a lot of questions about God growing up and my parents were always kind of like annoyed, like, why are you asking these questions? But I went through a series of crises, late teens and ended up moving out of state to go to school and had to start over. And I was at a point where I was just really tired of a lot of things in my life and Mm. was looking for deeper meaning and deeper purpose. And I happened to have this little on-campus job. And I had asked the girl who was a grad student there, like, where can I meet nice people? Because I was just sick of this superficial kind of just tit for tat kind of lifestyle that I had found. And I was, I was ready for just really just genuine people. And I'm like, you know, like Christians are nice people, aren't they? Is what I had said to her. And she kind of <laughs> looked at me oddly and said, well, there's this group called Campus Crusade and they meet, awesome. meet like other people there. And so I was like, okay, well, whatever. I don't know anybody. So I went there and um, the first person that I met when I walked in, her name was Nikki. And she's like, oh, you know, have you been here before? And I said, no. And I just moved here and I heard Christians are nice people. So I want to meet nice people. That's like literally what I told her. And she was just kind of like, I love it okay. And put her arm around me and kind of walked in. And she was the other, she was a college student, but the young woman who mentored me for the next three years, she really, I credit her with being the one who kind of laid that foundation for me of this is what a relationship with God is like. God loves us. We spend time with him every day. He wants a relationship with us. Like we're growing in him every day, just that hunger for this, this very pure version of what it means to love Jesus. And so from that point on, it was just growing and, and changing and um, learning about God. And, and so that was kind of my faith journey. I, my, my children ha- now having grown up in a Christian home, they're like, well, mom, you don't understand what it's like to always from the, the crib, so to speak, have always had a faith. And I'm like, well, yeah, but you know, so we have these conversations back and forth, but yeah. I think there's, there's pros and cons to both. But for me, I'm grateful for that very, just those pure three years that I had there with her, where she just absolutely poured into me and taught me what it meant to love God. And mm-hmm. 
So that's Praise kind of God been my for those journey people. through that. Yes. And she's actually on staff now with crusade. She and her husband have been on staff forever. So I know that like her, awesome. obviously she had a talent for mentoring. Yeah. You just never know what God does. I think sometimes yeah. we get frustrated, like, well, this person didn't grow up in this faith or they have all these strikes against them. And our Lord is huge. He can do anything. Mm-hmm. He can grab, mm-hmm. as, as you know, on this podcast, you talk to all kinds of amazing stories of people <laughs> having their lives radically changed. Yeah, God can do anything and, and get us from in, in any situation he can call to us and change us. And so, um, so true. Yeah. It's yeah. awesome. Such a gift. And I always just, am so grateful for people, you know, who are willing to put their arm around somebody and yeah. say, well, let me walk with you when yes. like, you know, now as an adult, I realize like college students are even if they grew up in a Christian home, I mean, they're still babies in their faith too, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That age, it's such a, that's a, that's a time when we question everything. A lot of people who grew Mm -hmm. up in the church, they're asking questions like, is this really what I want for my life? Mm -hmm. And uh, I was kind of asking the reverse questions of, I need more than what I've already seen out of life. I need deeper. I need, I need to know that I'm loved in this deep way. And that was through Christ. Yeah, I love it. Well, we're going to kind of switch gears and we are going to talk about why you became a mindset coach. And so let's kind of dig into that story a little bit, because there came a point where you experienced a health crisis and that really just made you reevaluate everything. And so tell everybody a little bit about what happened and the things that you were noticing that really didn't line up with this freedom in Christ message that you had been hearing for so many years and really believing too. Right. I have always been kind of this anxious, overachieving person that this I'm going to be, I have to be perfect. I have to Mm. do all the right things. I have to check all the boxes, kind of that anxiety from even as a young kid, as, as a child, I would the one who would literally like get sick at her own parties because she was so worried about everything being together. I mean, some of my memories as a child, but I didn't really, I thought that was just normal. And so that, and as I grew up that equated into working really hard and getting good grades and being the captain of everything and in high school, things like that. And then of course, you know, wanting to go to the best school and and all of these just achievement kind of mindsets. So that carried through all of those years as a young mom of, well, I can't just like I had in my mind, the best mom would homeschool. So I had to homeschool and I can't just have one child. I had to have four and maybe I needed to have more than that. Like just (laughs) this continual mindset. Ooh, and, and I'm just, anxious just thinking about that. Right. Right. I mean, I just have, that's, that was always kind of how I was and got to this point where I have a special needs child. Um, I was homeschooling them. I was also working online, uh, doing blogging at that, at that time. Um, my husband worked and traveled 50% of the time. And I was just had for about 10 years there had worked myself into this, like I sleep for four hours a night. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, literally I would go to bed at 1230 and I'd wake up at 430 every day. And sometimes I didn't go to bed till like one or two, just cause I wasn't tired. I, I had put myself in this state where I was, I literally wasn't tired at night. Um, but mine was just always on. And I was always like, I have to finish this. And, and that was just how I felt good is when I could accomplish things. And that was just how I was. I just thought that's normal until Um, we were getting ready to leave on a missions trip. Our church goes every summer to Mexico and we were going with the kids and I was 
starting to get a headache and I didn't understand because mm-hmm. I never really had headaches. I was like, well, whatever, just take an aspirin Alicia, just keep going. Like who cares? You know, no sympathy for myself at all. I just had, I had no, n- none of that compassionate side. It was just whatever, do what you need to do to get going. And so mm-hmm. I did. And we went down, I'm like, just go to Mexico. So we went down to Mexico, except this headache would not stop. It kept going. It kept getting stronger. I was desperate. I was like asking people around at this, this camp we were staying, like, does anybody have anything? Cause nothing would touch this. I was using all these aromatherapy things, everything, and nothing would touch it. And finally it was like 2 AM, like the second night we were there, I was awoken because it was, I was so miserable. And I went outside mm. and sat in this, the cool air out there. And I very distinctly heard God say, you need to go home and you need to go home right now. And I was like, Ooh what? And it was like, no, don't wait on this. This is not a joke. You need to go home right now. And so I was like, okay, well that, you know, I'm teaching a Bible study down here. We have, how are we going to all cover for all the things we have to do? Like nobody has time to run me to the border and get me home. God. And he was just like, this is what needs to happen. Do not argue with me. I'm like, okay. So the next morning told the leader about what was going on. And of course he was like, yes, of course we'll take, you know, have someone drive you to the border. So my husband met me there and it was a Saturday, which was a blessing because I think if it had been throughout the week, I would have been like, I don't know, I'll just make an appointment at some point, you know, <laughs> like whatever Yeah. moving on, you know, but it was a Saturday and it was like, I was in so much pain. It's like, I guess you go to the ER. I don't know where else you go. So we, what we drove straight to the ER and they did a CAT scan. And they, I remember the doctor's face when he came in, he just said in this most very calm voice, um, you have a vertebral artery dissection, which means that you are at serious risk for a stroke. We actually, after yeah. looking at what we saw, we can't believe you haven't already had a stroke and that you're just sitting here like this. You need to be moved to an immediately to a hospital with a high trauma center. We can't even handle what you have here. This is so severe. Wow. And we were like, what? Like I'm, they're like, do you do extreme sports? Like these are the kind of injuries we see in your neck and your vessels wow. from somebody who has been doing extreme sports. And that's what they kept asking me what were you doing in Mexico? Were you doing bungee jumping? Were you going skydiving? I'm like, no, I'm, I'm a, I'm a mom on a mission trip. Like I don't do those things. What do you mean? And they're like, we just don't see these kind of injuries normally. Wow. And they're like, we, we don't know really what's causing this. And no one could give me a definite answer. Well, then I started looking more into it and, and I'm really saw things like cortisol, how cortisol can dissolve these vessels and, and cause them to have trauma. So basically when, when you have a dissection, it's, um, if an aneurysm is when a blood vessel moves out, like bulges out mm-hmm. and explodes like a, a dissection, mm-hmm. a dissection is when it, it collapses in and the inner mm-hmm. lining of the vessel collapses and, and like pulls away. So it blocks. I always the- explain it to people. Like think about like when you squeeze a straw in the middle yes. and you flatten it out. That's like the visual that sometimes helps. Yes, exactly. That's a great way to think of it. So it's, it's, it's narrowed and there's also blood clots that are forming behind the the side that's pulled away. And of course these were right in my neck at like C1. And then I ended up having a second one, two weeks later happened. That was from C2 to C5 on the other side. So within two weeks, I had these two very serious things where I had several mini strokes. I was in the hospital and that was where God met me and said, look, my beautiful daughter, you need to change. And this is, Mm. this has got to be, there will not be a third chance. I'm giving you a second chance. Like he gave me that confidence that I was going to get through this, even though we had all these crazy things happening through that whole season when I was at the hospital, it's like, I'm going to get you through this, but you have got to change. You have to be different. And 
went through about eight months of just having to lay on my back, literally couldn't move, had to have injections several times a day, all these terrible things that we went through. But that was the time when God just stripped away everything from me, everything that had given me satisfaction, confidence, identity, everything. Mm -hmm. I couldn't homeschool my kids. I couldn't take care of my family. I couldn't work online. Couldn't do anything, nothing. Everybody had to come in. And at one point, someone had to feed me. I couldn't Mm. even shower myself. I mean, it was bad. It was bad. And so that's a stripping away that had to happen. And, Mm -hmm. and God spoke to me as I was starting to put this back together, my life back together and starting to get healing. It was like, you can decide, oh yeah, you probably need to sleep more, Alicia. Okay. Yeah. You probably need to let go of some things in your life, but what is motivating that? Where is that coming from? Mm -hmm. And that was where I really began thinking about mindset and looking and learning about the power of our brain, the power of the thoughts that we have on these subconscious levels. Why do we, why do we say, well, I know the right thing to do, but I don't do it. Why do we Mm -hmm. do that? Like I, I had heard a thousand times people, well, a lot of friends had said, girl, you need to be resting more. What are you doing? How is you know, all these things. It was like, you know what you need to do. Why are you not doing it? Mm -hmm. And it was because I'd had this subconscious patterning in me that was, I was only good if I achieved, if I performed, if I was perfect, if I got it right, if that was how I felt enough. And of course that's a carrot outstretched in front of you because it's never enough, but that's Mm -hmm. what I was always running towards. And even though I'd heard the messages from church, from Bible studies that God loves you as you are, you are enough in Christ. It was like a, a brick wall that it was running up against because I had this subconscious patterning. And so that is what I love helping women discover now, because there is a huge epidemic of men and women, but I specifically work with women who feel different than what they know to be true. And they're mm-hmm. acting from those feelings without even realizing it. Sometimes they're stuck in these, these um, self-sabotage patterns are stuck in these. I have to do this. I have to do that. Uh, people pleasing shoulds. They're afraid of the, what ifs all these things that they're stuck in because of these deeper subconscious patterns are not addressing. So that is what I love to do, help women figure out what those patterns are. And then using the training that I have as a neuro coach to be able to go in and say, here's how we literally remove those thoughts on a neurological level and how we replace them with a different soundtrack, so to speak, is what I call them, a different, a different Mm -hmm. place for your subconscious mind to go to. And so it's not always responding in fear. It's not always responding with that amygdala response of like, oh my gosh, there's a bear. I have to run kind of response, right? It's responding from the truth of God's Mm -hmm. word. So I've loved being able to do this because this is again, that step that I feel like is missing for so many women where they want that, but they don't know how to get there. So it comes from my own journey, really, of figuring out how to do that and how to create the life I want by working with my thoughts first. Have you heard of the Dwell Bible app? It is inspired by the psalmist who encourages us in Psalm 119 to hide God's word in our hearts. And I found one of the best ways to do that is by listening to God's word on the Dwell Bible app. One of the coolest things about Dwell is their new read-along experience. If you've ever seen Apple Music or Amazon Music's lyrics feature, then that's exactly what you can expect from the read-along at Dwell. Big, bold text accompanied with beautiful backgrounds that scrolls as the narrator reads to you. I love Dwell's variety from translation choices to daily Bible reading plans to scripture playlists that speak into your mood or current life situation. 
My favorite thing about Dwell is being able to search a specific word or topic that I want to dig into and then immediately listening to those scriptures. It's easy to use and enhances my time spent in God's Word. Today, we're offering a discount. Go to dwellapp.io slash graceenough to get 10% off a yearly subscription or 30% off Dwell for Life. That's dwellapp.io slash graceenough or see the link in our show notes. Start committing to scripture for the rest of this year or for life with the Dwell Bible app. Well, and that's the thing. So you learn though that like my thoughts, the negative impact that they're having on me is wreaking havoc on yes. my life. Yeah. And so you you end up though like you end up how does what is the journey to become a neuro coach and like you know, I don't know. I want to know more about that, basically. I want to know, okay. like, how did you end up becoming a neuro coach? Like, if someone were yeah. to say, what the heck even is that? I mean, you've mm -hmm. kind of told us, but just just dig into that a little bit more. Absolutely. So I had received training as a more of a general life coach from the Professional Christian Coaching Institute and began practicing as a life coach. But then I received additional training in a certification called neuro coaching from a neuropsychologist, Dr. Shannon Irvin. She was the one who trained me in that. And that was specifically addressing how do we look at those thoughts? How do we help clients figure out what the deep rooted thought is in their subconscious mm -hmm. mind and what's going on? How do we help them discover that? And then how do we help them reprogram that using a, a technique called brain priming to rewire that from the inside out? And brain priming is something that's been around gosh, probably 20, 30 years at least. And it's used by professional athletes. It's used by musicians. It's a way to help our brains almost pre-program the information that we want it to accept and learn or relearn different things so that when we get into that situation again, it knows to reach subconsciously for something different than what's being reached for now. So a lot of times, um, the specific issues that I work with, with women are usually perfectionism and acceptance and feeling loved and enough and worthy. We help them discover what is that message that you're really hearing around those three big questions? Am I loved? Am I enough? And am I worthy? And trying to pull back the layers of how did they get there? And how can we not just say, okay, be different, be different. Don't believe that because don't that's be a lot anxious, of what... Don't be anxious. Don't be anxious. Right. Exactly. It doesn't but work. <laughs> no, that's actually the worst thing we can do because then we're just telling ourselves like it's bad to think that and then we shut down more. So how can we learn to notice first of all, what's happening and then, and, and recognize it from a, almost like a, a scientist kind of view, not a mm -hmm. judgmental kind of view, learning to notice, learning to understand and accept. This is why I am afraid of this. This is why I was stuck in those patterns. This is why I'm, I'm always reaching for this and it's okay. It's understandable. It's like, it makes sense. And mm -hmm. having Christ meet us in that, his loving heart looking at us going, I'm so sorry that happened to you, or I'm so sorry you experienced that, or I'm so sorry that message was imparted to you. Mm. And then moving to a place of, so what is the truth that you know about this that you want to begin to put into your mind that's different? What can we begin to build in? And so we create this brain priming script which is again, something proven by decades of neuros neuroscience on how to do this, but it's a specific script that we create together using some different things we don't need to go into, but we create that. And that's something that they listen to twice a day, once in the morning and once in the evening, we're waking up and going to bed and over a 67 day process. So in that 67 day process, 
that's about how long it takes for a new neural path to be created and mm -hmm. like anchored in a subconscious way. So we're able to prune away the old thought that is in its place and put in the new thought so that when mm -hmm. we get to that situation, again, subconscious mind, again, being a supercomputer is not going to logically know right from wrong. It's just doing what you've told it to do over and over again. It's going to know to reach for that versus reaching for just the same pattern that it's always reached for, because that's what that's it's right. been told. That's what's been reinforced. So we're not saying that those things are terrible and bad. We're just saying that that's not serving us anymore. That's not what God has given us mm -hmm. to live under and we can have freedom there. So right. we're helping it learn something different. Yeah. Yeah. That's the process that a neuro coach would do with clients. Yeah. So somebody like me, like I have learned in the last probably three years that one of, I call them tracks in my brain because I explain okay. it to people like, if you were on a muddy road and you drove over that road over and over and over again, yes. the tracks get deeper. Like that's right. what can happen in our brain, but that can actually be undone. Yes. And I kind of talk about that when it comes to gratitude and how that can also help change some of those tracks. But for someone like me, I just want to know, like, how would you, you don't have to tell me all the coaching things. Cause I think people listening should hire you as their coach. Sure. I do for real. But like, I know one of the beliefs that I have is I'm always at risk of being able to lose your love. And I may ascribe that mm. to God. I may ascribe that to my husband. I may ascribe that to my friends, my children, whatever. So what does that process look like for somebody like me that's, that is the fear that they have? That's the, the mm. lie that they tell themselves over and over again. Well, that's interesting. That's an interesting lie because when you, you use the word, I'm at risk of losing love. Mm -hmm. So I would be interested to explore, it would be a longer, it's obviously not more than just one right. little conversation yeah. here, but I would definitely be interested in exploring what caused that pattern to be established there. What are mm -hmm. the experiences where you learned that love can be lost, that love is not permanent, that love can be taken away without even knowing it. Mm. Um, for me, like um, some patterning that I have had to work through have been this idea that I am needing to be on alert all the time, this hypervigilance. Mm. And that was because of some very formative experiences as a young child, where there was sudden bursts of anger. There was things taken that I wasn't expecting, um, friendships that happened that just threw me for a loop. And so I have noticed that I tend to be always in that hypervigilant state because mm. you kind of similar to what you're saying, like you may you may leave or, or you might, I, I, I want to be able to predict what, how people mm -hmm. are going to respond because then I can feel like I'm safe. Right. So it goes back to safety. Really? What were some of those experiences where you felt where that love was risky, where you felt unsafe because our brain is always trying to keep us safe. It's always advocating mm -hmm. for protection. So if there is mm -hmm. a time where it has been, it has learned that about love, that love can be taken away, then that could be that track, that could be why that track is there. So it would be figuring out why the track is there. And then yeah. it would be figuring how can we get more healing around that and understanding again, loving compassion from God and working mm -hmm. through that, learning, what can we surrender around that? What's mm -hmm. ours to own about it? Because some right. of the, the tracks really are stuff that we chose to believe about God. That's not true. That's right. Or we mm -hmm. chose to say like, this isn't what I want to believe, or I deliberately send in that situation. Right. And so there's that, what, what, what do we need to own and what do we need to surrender? And then figuring I got out through several different exercises, like what are the exact things that are 
heart, our soul, what does our soul need to hear about love Mm. that is in line with scripture? And so what I love about brain priming is that it is the tool that helps us put God's promises in our heart in a deep way. It is the tool that allows us to renew our minds. It is Mm -hmm. the science behind what God has been telling us that he wants for us forever since he created us. And we know that Mm. the power of our thoughts is what creates our actions. So if we want to grow and change and be the light in this world, we have to go all the way back to that thought, which is why, Mm -hmm. again, when I was going through that recovery, I couldn't just try to change the outside action. I had to go to what was fueling that action. Mm -hmm. So like for you with that, the thought pattern of love could leave or, or love might not be here. I'm guessing there's probably some actions that have happened in your life that you've chosen to, to make as a result of that, mm-hmm. not again, yes. bad or wrong or whatever, but that's the, those are the actions that have resulted from that thought pattern. So it's that's helping right. people understand what those thoughts are and um, getting healing and then literally doing the science to, to replace it. Because the good news is, is exactly how it got put in there. The same patterning is exactly what we use to place the new patterning in there. So it's hopeful Mm. that when we see those patterns there, it's not just like, oh, I'm stuck forever with this. No, our brain is a supercomputer. It's changing every single day. Our brains are neuroplastic, which means it's, they're continually being shaped with every thought we have. It's changing. So as it's changing, that's hopeful because that reminds me that God says I can always change and my thoughts can always change. So that's all we're doing is capitalizing on the power that's, that put it there. We're using the same power that put it there to replace it with what Mm. God's truth is. I love that. Today's episode is sponsored by the 10 minute Bible hour podcast. The 10 minute Bible hour is a daily deep dive Bible podcast accessible to everyone. If you want to build consistent, thoughtful interaction with the Bible into your daily rhythm in a way that's fun and friendly and saturated with historical context, then the 10-Minute Bible Hour podcast is for you. This show is different. It works straight through entire books of the Bible, one little chunk at a time, and it does the whole thing in a way that's human and genuinely funny. The 10-Minute Bible Hour podcast is built to welcome new listeners at any time, so you can start from the beginning or jump in with the current episode. Christians from any background, as well as non-Christians who just want to understand the Bible and their Christian friends and family better, will love the show. The 10-Minute Bible Hour podcast. It's the Bible without the sermon. You can find it at www.thetmbh.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Well, and that's the thing. So often we have this idea that science and biblical counsel are separate mm-hmm. or they're, um, they're, they are colliding yeah. versus actually uh, working together because, yes. you know, God created us. And so he knows all about science. But flesh this out a little bit. Where does science intersect with, or maybe I should say, you know, support Paul's words in Romans 12 too, which is so familiar to several Christians, you know, do not be conformed any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind and a lot, a lot, a lot. Where do Mm -hmm. those intersect? I love the lot, a lot, a lot. That's awesome. (laughs) Exactly. <laughs> right. We've heard it so many times. We're like, don't be conformed to the world. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Exactly. It, it's, like we be- it's like what you said earlier, though. We believe that, but we don't really mm-hmm. live that. 
well, we don't know how to live it. That's the thing. We don't know how, I don't think we've been taught how to live it. We Mm -hmm. have tried things like affirmations. We've tried praying harder. We've tried beating ourselves up in the moment. Like I just need to just believe it. Come on, just what's wrong with you. Just believe it. And it's like, that's not going to work. So do not conform to the pattern of this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We are transformed by what we think. Mm-hmm. The science shows, like we just talked about, that how it works in a mind, in our mind, is that we have a thought and then an emotion about that thought attaches to it. When that thought and emotion are repeated enough times, they become a belief. And from that belief, we make decisions. And from that decision, we create, take actions. And then the mm-hmm. actions create the results. So as God says here, we can test and approve what his will is. We can allow our actions to be different. We can let the spirit take over. We can live as children of light. We can love others in the way that he loves us. All of those things require a thought process change deep down Mm -hmm. underneath. We can't just try to beat ourselves up into being who we need to be quote unquote for Christ. We have to address what are the core things that are keeping us from doing that. That is where the transformation happens first then we can be what, because that's, that's the part we have to be in line with the spirit. Once we're in line with the spirit, then we can take actions that line up with the spirit. But as we learn, uh, I think it's in second Corinthians that if we focus on things of the spirit, we're going to have the results yeah. of the spirit. If we're going to think folks on things of the flesh, we're going to have death in our actions and our thoughts. That's just reality. So science mm. and the Bible support each other. I love learning more and more about neuroscience because it again, just confirms that God is in control. God made science. God is the one who designed this. And the more we learn about the brain, which is a relatively new science, it's only, I mean, we've learned our view of what the mind is and how it works in the last 30 years is radically different than what it was before. We used to believe that our brains were fixed. You came out of the womb a certain way and that's all that there is to it. And sorry, that's the way you are. And we've learned that there are millions of new neurons that are created every morning. So it reminds me of the verse that says, um, his mercies are new every morning, every Mm -hmm. morning. God is giving us a chance to choose our thoughts. We are the only creatures in creation who have the ability to have a mind and a brain So we can have thoughts, but we have a mind to think outside of it and choose what we want to focus on. Philippians 4 talks about focusing our thoughts on what is true, what is lovely, what is pure, what is admirable. We have the choice to decide what to focus on. And that's what our brains have told us. What we focus on is what grows in our mind. And that's what the scripture tells us. So again, I love seeing the harmony between both of them. That true Mm -hmm. science really does, is going to support what God's word says because it's designed by God. So yeah, exactly. It's awesome to see those connections and to help women go, I want to live my faith more. I want mm-hmm. to walk this out more. This is a great way to do that. Whether you're yeah. trying to lose weight, we just had, I just did an interview on a podcast with um, a fitness consultant and we were talking about, she works specifically with women on, on, on losing weight and loving their bodies better. And we kept going back to, it starts with the thoughts of, we can say, oh, I want to do this and do this, but what are we thinking about our bodies first? And how does that change our results that we get? So I could talk all day about that, but that's, that's well, basically what I love <laughs> though, too, is that, I mean, even from what you said that 
I want people to hear like it does take time. I think yes. so much of the beating up comes from, and this is me personally speaking, and then just like you, having had conversations with tons of women, mm. we beat ourselves up because, oh my gosh, I failed again. Or I really was, you know, thinking, trying to think this new thought. But, you know, you said with the brain priming that yes. you're listening to the new truth two times a day for what, 67 days? 61 to 67 days. So what's interesting about that reformulation in the mind in sub, on a subconscious level is that we have heard of things like creating a new habit in 28 days. So what's, what's going on is literally the brain, the, the mind is saying, whatever you feed me, whatever you're literally going to, the idea you're going to feed glucose to, that's what I'm going to continue to support. So if mm. I focus on something for a certain amount of time, I'm going to be feeding it glucose. And the first, it's interesting to watch women go through this process of brain priming because there's some very notable things that happen at different stages. And I don't want to give it all away because sometimes that ruins people's experience or like, oh, well, I'm supposed to feel like this at this time. But I will say around day 28, which is so interesting when people say this about habits, that 21 to 28 days is this phase where in our mind, it's like there's two tracks running the subconscious mm -hmm. mind where it's like, all right, I'm put in this situation. And instead of always going on track A, like I've had for 20 years, I sometimes 50% of the time, I'm going to choose this new track, track B. So we can have this false confidence of like, oh, I feel pretty good. Yeah, I think I'm going to, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. so we can do that. But what's happening is that both tracks, so to speak, both uh, neurological pathways are still in existence. So it's going to still choose half of the time, right? The mm -hmm. rut that was the old rut that we don't want. And half the time it's going to choose the new rut. So we have to continue to persevere past that to fully removing the part that we don't want by continuing that. So the more mm. re repetition, it's going to nullify and remove literally pruning away those old synapses and those old neurons, it's going to remove them. And it's going to replace with this new thought pattern so that when we go to reach for that pattern, it goes to the new one. So a lot of times people will say, well, affirmations are great, or maybe I'm just going to try to think a thought. Well, you're first of all, with, with affirmations, I believe that there's a place for affirmations in the sense, like if I have a skin condition, there's a place for lotion on my skin. Like lotion is helpful. Lotion is good. But if I have a little cancerous growth on my arm, I need to have it removed. And that's yeah. the problem with affirmations is affirmations just kind of cover up. They're not specific to the detailed subconscious pattern there. Yeah. They need to be targeted in order to replace it. It needs to be targeted on a deep level to that. And that's my job as a neuro coach to help you to figure out what that is and help you mm. figure out what that wording is. So getting to that is the root. It's not this general thing. It has to be in language that's helpful for you. That relates to your situations. That is what you need to hear. It has to be deep enough, all these things. So that's the difference between those two, but it's also affirmations a lot of times are just something that maybe we listen to for every once in a while when we feel kind of down mm -hmm. again, you know, it's like having a green smoothie once every six months. Okay. It's not going to hurt you, but right. if you have a green smoothie every day, that's going to make a different impact in your health and changing yeah. your body than it would be every six months. So that's like, I feel like we have to just, we have to learn how to approach the, the, the frustrations inside of ourselves by not beating ourselves up and dealing with that inner critic in a different way. And we have to use the science behind it to not just kind of dabble, but to really let it fully root out the old thought and put in the new one there. So mm. that's, that's the difference for those two. It's really, really helpful. I mean, I think so much about like, even with memorizing scripture, mm -hmm. 
which is 100% useful, but sometimes you can even take scripture and really personalize it to the underlying lie that you have in your life. But then don't just, like you said, do that every now and then. I mean, even my husband, when he hears the negative self-talk coming out of me, he's like, and you're this, this, and this, you know, speaking truth over me. And I'm like, yeah, Yeah. I need to be telling myself that every single day, not an affirmation, but an actual truth. Um, I don't know how to describe it, whatever you said, but um, it, it makes a difference, but it's the daily And we Mm. all need the accountability, right? So that's Mm -hmm. why coaching, that's why counseling, that's why all of these things are needed. Yes. And, and, you know, the other thing too, Amber, is that we need to recognize that this is not a one and done process. I mean, it's, I, I like to say that what we do in brain priming is going to get to the root of a lot of the stuff that we deal with. And we pull that stuff out from the root. And whereas before, maybe we were just kind of, if you see, think of a plant with a root and the little branches, we were kind of chipping off the branches before, like, eh, it's helpful, but it's not getting to the root. The, the, the weed right. is still there. we got to pull it all the way out. Once we've done that, it doesn't mean that we're going to go off into the sunset and never have any issues with our mind again, mm, like our relationship with Christ. It is a continual renewing of our mind. It is a continual refreshing and aligning ourselves with the spirit because we live in a world that is bent on corrupting us. We live in a world that is bent on destroying us, hurting us, mm-hmm. convincing us to do things. We have our own sin nature. We have all these things working right. against us. So getting rid of the big pieces is huge, but then right. being aware is vital mm. moving forward, being aware of what are the little things that I'm starting to notice grow, grow inside me? What are the little automatic negative thoughts that are coming up again? Like right now for me in this season, there are some things that I'm working through that I have gone and done all of that deep work, but I see them coming up. And now I am a thousand times more sensitive to them. And I'm like, Oh, oh no, 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 no. We're not going there. Right. You know? And I know I want to give women these tools so that when they see that come up, they're like, I know exactly what to do now. Um, I had a client who was really struggling with anxiety and she was saying before it was so crippling to deal with anxiety, obviously it can be very crippling, but she was saying when anxiety comes up now and and rears its head, I know exactly what to do with it. I know exactly Mm -hmm. how to handle it and know my triggers. And instead of being like, oh, darn, you know, all feeling bad about it. It's like, these are my little Achilles heels. And I know exactly what to do to nip it in the bud. And I'm not going back to that place where I was before. So it's a, it's a maintenance like gardening. You have to keep pulling out the weeds, you know, you have to keep working on it. And so that, I think that's an encouragement because sometimes we think we're looking for a quick fix. We're looking for a, Mm -hmm. an instant solved forever kind of a thing. And and that's, Mm -hmm. that's nothing like spiritual growth or anything else that we go through. It's, it's a maintenance and listening to God. Why do we tell ourselves, like, why do we tell ourselves this, this lie of, um, oh, it happened again, and I'm so mm. surprised because I thought I was past that. Mm-hmm. Like, that's crazy, right? Because it's true. Nothing else in our lives, nothing's like that. Right. <laughs> but we no. tell ourselves that. No. Yeah, we do. We do. And we have to recognize that it's like any other wounding. If you have ever sprained your ankle, you're more likely to sprain your ankle again. I mean, yes. you know that these are just weaknesses. It's areas that we're more sensitive to, to leaning towards, I guess. Maybe not weakness. Weaknesses sounds bad. But like personality traits, have you ever done any work on the Enneagram? There's certain Mm -hmm. things that motivate all of us, different perspectives, different things. And those are going to be the things that can tend to be those issues that I keep coming back to. Like perfectionism is not something that I struggle with nearly as much Mm -hmm. as I did. But every once in a while, I'll kind of have a little thought come up and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Okay. No, no. 
So, but I've learned to be able to hear it and know it and notice it. And I, like you said, I have other people in place in my life who can call me out on that and goes, "Mm, that sounds kind of like that old perfectionistic, you know, I'm going to charge the bull kind of a person coming up again. You're right. Exactly. Okay. Right. And, and learning to look at that from a loving perspective, a kind, gentle, compassionate perspective that Jesus looks at us with not the Mm. judgmental, like, Oh my gosh, what is wrong with me? Why can't I get past this? It's not that we won't get past it till we get to heaven. We just won't. That's just, that's right. Living in our bodies. So Mm -hmm. being able to have that lens and learning to see that the way Christ loves us is, is huge through this process too. So tell me as we're closing up here, somebody Mm -hmm. is listening and they're like, I think I might need to do this. What are some of those, like when you talk to people, they're not even coming to you for coaching, but what is it that you see in people sometimes that you think, wow, they really could benefit from neuro coaching? Yeah. Typically it's around the words enough. It's a huge Mm -hmm. one. I'm not good enough at this or that, that kind of language, or I don't feel like I'm enough. I can't do enough. I'm overwhelmed because I don't have enough. Or Boomin will say to me literally, like, I know God loves me, but I just can't seem to believe it. That's a really Mm -hmm. common one. Um, Or they'll find themselves in these patterns where they're trying to prove their worth. That's huge. I I feel like I have to do this or I should do this. There are a lot of times there's shame in their past of like, I wish I had responded differently, maybe as a, a younger mom, or I wish that I hadn't done this in my past or thought this or acted this way towards that person. And that shame that's just sat there and held them down, that's resulting in making them feel like they can't take the next step towards what they really want, or they can't find that freedom or that peace that God is offering them because they don't deserve it. Or maybe a lot of times people will say, well, again, I go to church, I do all the right things. But when they look deeper, they realize God didn't answer that prayer about my child or about my marriage or about this, my mother sickness or something. And I'm kind of angry at God. Mm -hmm. And so when there is that obstacle. It's yeah. It's really hard for me to believe that God is going to do come through in this other situation. It's really hard for me to believe this. So there's all of these little, we're not going to necessarily say I struggle with this thought. Sometimes we do, but a lot of times it's like we said, carrying it all the way out to the action where we struggle with things like comparison, people, pleasing, jealousy, not feeling enough binge eating, even things like that. Like, Mm -hmm. why do I respond? What am I trying to comfort myself with? Because there's some sort of deeper ache going on inside. What are some of those behaviors that I'm like, I know this isn't godly, but I can't seem to get out of it. Chances are that is a subconscious thought pattern that we would need to work through and get help you get healing in. And then as you go down the line, you'll see the change. It's so cool when people go through brain priming, because the changes are happening on such a a, a level that we're not aware of, but when we we find ourselves back in similar situations. Maybe a trigger would be that a child acts a certain way or responds a certain way to something. It's like, we find like there was a mom I worked with who she had said, if when she started working with me, she was like, I really struggle with anger. And, and I get mad at my kids all the time. And, blah, blah, blah. and I was thinking, Ooh, well, we're not here to talk about anger, but that's interesting. And we were talking through some other big things that she was working through. But what was interesting is that as she worked through those other things, She Mm. had said like 75% of my anger has dissipated because I've now been able to relieve these other things in my life that I'm able to respond much more calmly. I'm able to be who I really want to be. So again, the anger was a result of the deeper Mm -hmm. stuff happening 
it's interesting to see how when you're put back so in that situation, you respond differently. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you begin to overlap. I'm signing up. I'm signing up, Alicia. Awesome. Join us. We would love that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I really might. <laughs> okay. So, so if people want to connect with you and, um, and I can't imagine that people wouldn't because no. I, it, 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 well, I mean, seriously, yeah. the mind really is the biggest battle. Yeah. It I is. mean, it is people like we blame a lot on the enemy and the enemy mm. does a lot, but oh my goodness, we, we need to give our flesh a lot more credit for the destruction that it causes in our lives. Amen, sister. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. And, and yes. they are different. They yes. are different. Yeah. Um. So anyways, if somebody <laughs> wants to kick that flesh to the curb a little more, how, how do they find you? How can they connect with you? Awesome. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. And I love that you just delineated that, that sometimes we think, Oh, the devil made me do it. And well, yeah, the devil's it's crafty, but mm, there's somebody else. He doesn't access that brain your brain. Of you. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're in charge of your thoughts. And so, um, to answer your question, yes. So, um, I would love to connect with any of your listeners at vibrantchristianliving.com. That's where you can find out everything about me. The Christian mindset makeover is the course that I'm referring to. in most of these things that, that was created out of my coaching practice, because it was like, I wanted to be able to help more women in, I found that we were fine. We were going through the same situations. We were going through the same processes. Mm -hmm. So it's like, we're coming for the same issues. Let's see if we can streamline this. So it's kind of a hybrid teaching in that the course material is there's nine weeks of material that walk you through this process of renewing your mind. It leads through brain priming. And then it gives you other ways to with boundaries and other in the moment kind of emotions. How do we protect those other ways in there that it, it sets that up too, but there's also this live aspect. So women can join any time in there but we meet live twice a month and we have a Facebook group. So in those places, you can ask me any questions and we can go back nice. and forth. We do kind of mini coaching. So it's, it's accessible in that you don't have to sign up just in June or whatever it's open. It's open all the time, but you can right. still get that live interaction from me from wherever you're at. And then there is like, you have live access or you have access for the material forever, but you have live access to me for 16 weeks. So that puts a little fire under you to help you to stay motivated and to do, do the, work. the work. Because mm -hmm. I think sometimes when we're like, oh, you can just do it forever. Like we're, we're human. We go in there and we're like, oh, next year or next month or whatever. Right. But it's like, well, and I oh. think too, Alicia, like we, what you said earlier was we, we get a little bit of progress and yes. then we kind of quit because we're Amen. like, okay, I, I'm good. I, I'm good now. And it's like, oh right. no, the track, like the new pathway hasn't been set yet. Don't quit. Don't quit. Exactly. Yeah. So that the 16 weeks is long enough for us to be able to get in there, to get you through brain priming, to be there for ideally you could be there through the whole 67 day process, depending on how quick you go through those first few weeks. But then there's also is a way to stay connected if you need to. But anyway, you can find out more about that at the vibrantchristianliving.com. We have a free training so that anyone can go through that's vibrantchristianliving.com forward slash mind. And that tells you a lot of the stuff we've been talking about today. It gives you a simple step, three-step process. I used to teach on how to manage emotions in the moment. And it gives you a lot of the details and a way to save a hundred dollars off the Christian mindset makeover. So hint, hint, if you want awesome. to save money, go through the course or the, the training first. So Awesome. And I'll make sure that I put all of that in the show notes to make thank it you. easy for people to find. But Alicia, thank you yeah. so much. Thank I love you. having you today. Yeah. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. What resonated with you from today's episode? 
Will you send me a direct message on Instagram or Facebook at Grace Enough Podcast underscore Amber? I would love to share your comments with Alicia and they encourage me. If you enjoyed today's episode, share it on social and tag Grace Enough Podcast underscore Amber. Thank you for listening to the Grace Enough Podcast. Tune in next time.